It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everybody. This is Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill, my political podcast, The View of a Moderate from the Middle of the Road. I tell you, the view right now is from my 19th floor hotel room at the Peninsula Hotel looking down on St. Patrick's Cathedral where they have begun the funeral for New York City Police Department officer Jason Rivera shot down along with Wilbur Mora, uh, his partner, by a total sleazebag, uh, mother-abusing, heavily armed piece of crap. Uh, It stunned the city. It's uh, led to a real discussion on safety in the United States as 12 big cities hit homicide records, more murders uh, last year than they ever had before, ever, ever. I mean, it's just sickening what's happening. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, Columbus, uh, you know, some of these places where it's awful what's happening. And most of the people being killed in these big cities, Indianapolis, Louisville, uh, Chicago, 836 murders, New York, 485, LA, 397. Uh, you know, it's uh, just horrifying what's happening. And, and no one is raising the slightest peep about it in terms of uh, anyone interested in black lives mattering should be concerned about all the, uh, the black people who are being murdered by other black people in the hood. It doesn't happen that way. It's only uh, when a cop is involved that suddenly they are stirred. Uh, but I'm, I'm absolutely opposed to that. I think we need to really focus in on what is the great civil rights issue of our time. Here's Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Neil Young, uh, you probably heard that... Uh, he has requested that Spotify, one of the big, uh, you know, uh, distribution outfits for uh, for music and so forth. Uh, he asked that his music, he demanded that his music be removed from Spotify because Spotify carried Joe Rogan, carries Joe Rogan, the highly controversial podcaster who is a, a vaccine denier. That's accurate, isn't it, Rob? A vaccine denier. He's a... Proponent of uh, vaccine Rogan. misinformation, yes. A lot of misinformation. So uh, we extol the virtue of the uh, the Canadian folk singer who has been so uh, so big in our lives. Crosby, Steele, Nash & Young, Neil Young. So there's a lot to talk about today. I'm in New York. First and foremost, I'm a couple of blocks from St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue at 53rd Street, where Jason Rivera, one of the two cops killed here in New York last week, is uh, being memorialized in his funeral, and they'll be buried uh, along with Wilter, Wilbert Mora. Wilbert Mora, Jason Rivera is the 22-year-old cop who was killed. Uh, Wilbert Mora cling, uh, clung to life uh, for, uh, for a week before he finally passed after desperate attempts at medical intervention. 
the two young cops, 22 and 27, uh, the 22-year-old Jason Rivera, just married, uh, really uh, singing the virtues of the NYPD and how he wanted to help change the neighborhood, change the relationship between cops and uh, and you know the poor people in the precinct around George Washington Bridge, just shut down when they uh, they entered a domestic dispute, a mom getting beat up by her adult son, a ex-con with a long record. So the cops come into the apartment, and the the con just comes out of the bedroom firing with a Glock handgun with an extended magazine. He killed uh, Rivera instantly. More, as I said, clung to life. Uh, he died. Then a third cop, a rookie, uh, had the uh, wherewithal to take out the shooter. Uh, it was LaShawn McNeil, 47 years old. Hope, hope he burns in hell. Uh, we had uh, New York Five shot in January. And the funeral would be a lot like uh, Sean Bartek in, in Cleveland, uh, you know, when a, when a cop dies. And it's so interesting because, you know, Black Lives Matter, which screwed up Cleveland uh, horribly in the uh, riots that followed the George Floyd verdict, really trashed Manhattan. Uh, they uh, they robbed high-end stores, not Black Lives Matter per se, but the protesters. Uh, but the head of Black Lives Matter in Washington, D.C., uh, speaking about the cops' funerals, called them copaganda. Copaganda. In other words, they uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter spokesperson said it was like bad theater, that being black in Washington, D.C. was more dangerous than any job. Uh, and it was just thing that really irked me when I heard that from the Lives Matter spokesman. Uh, you know, here people, I mean, this organization, individuals in the organization anyway, I don't want to, you know, condemn everybody with a broad brush, uh, but certainly uh, people within who is spokesman, like this guy, the spokesman for the D.C., very important D.C. Uh, chapter of the Black Lives Matter, uh, basically condemning as insincere the funerals for the cops and saying that being black is more dangerous than any any job, including uh, police work. He is right. And I got really, really angry about this on The Five yesterday when I was on Fox's The Five, uh, the big hit show that I do now on a regular basis. Uh, and he's right. I mean, in the sense that being black in D.C. is very much uh, a, a perilous job. They've been Last year, in 2021, in the nation's capital, there were 227 murders in Washington, D.C. 33 of them were women and children. So what did Black Lives Matter say about any of those deaths? Did they say anything about those deaths? The answer is no, because Black Lives Matter, at least these spokespeople, they, they don't care about black lives. They care about black lives when a cop is involved. That's all. When they can score points against cops, then they activate. But the carnage that's going on in our communities that I complain about here at WTAM 1100 on a regular basis, it's irrelevant to them. Irrelevant, at least in terms of their public speaking about it. So they had 227 murders, mostly of black people, not a peep from Black Lives Matter. Here, I actually spoke about it uh, in a rant on the five uh, it was either yesterday or the day before. Here, roll that, Rob. I, I was 
it was slammed. There was a slam in my heart when uh, Jason Rivera, uh, the first cop, the 22-year-old, was dead on the scene, and Mora was clinging to life. It just, you could weep. It was so, so horrible. And, and, and just to continue this whole idea of how cops the, have been uh, pilloried, uh, the riots, uh, the uh, George Floyd riots, where they were, they were the Molotov cocktails and assaulted and every crap uh, you could think of thrown at them. Uh, and still they, they held the thin blue line, the thin blue line separating civilization from anarchy. But I tell you, that thing about propaganda in D.C. from that BLM chapter, being black is more dangerous than any job. He's right. D.C. had 227 murders last year, vast majority of them, almost all of them black, including 33 women and children. Where was Black Lives Matter? Where was Black Lives Matter? Do black lives really matter or do black lives only matter when a cop is involved? 227 murders. What did BLM, what did that big mouth do about the 227 mostly black people who were murdered in D.C. by mostly black people? What did you do? You did nothing. You did nothing. He did nothing. And what does Lawrence calling in Cleveland, uh, 216-578-1100? What's on your mind, Lawrence? Larry. Hello? Oh, we'll put Lawrence back on hold right now. He was just uh, very impassioned of a couple seconds ago here. All right, well, when he comes back, you let me know. Uh, so it is very distressing to me. Uh, you know, Joe Biden is going to come to New York. He'll make a stop, uh, maybe a tour of all the imperiled cities where uh, minority lives are being lost uh, willy-nilly and and understand what's going on. All right, you have Lawrence now? Okay, Lawrence, Hopefully. you're on, man. What, what's on your mind? I'm, good, good morning, uh, Geraldo. I'm good morning. Good morning. But no. Listen, as a black man, I want to say I've never um, – supported the Black Lives Matter movement ever. I knew what they were about. I mean, you could read their web pages and, and see see how how the things that they say about whites, about the police, about the nuclear family and things like that. But this is has to be got this has got to be one of the most disgusting things that I've read. And uh, here's the deal. Those officers went to a place where a, I believe it was a black mother was right. beaten, being beaten up by a black her black son. Right. That mother's John life McNeil. mattered. Right. Right. What about that black life, that mother's black life? They came to protect her black life. And it wasn't because she was black, but I'm just saying, what were they supposed to do? And then, as far as I'm concerned, I cannot think of, I can barely think of a reason that anyone should shoot a police officer. Because the only time they generally show up is when they're called to a scene. And if you don't, if you don't cooperate, things escalate. And I've, my personal view is that uh, killing a police officer um, should be a, a death penalty crime. That's my belief. Because they put their lives on the line for us. In my neighborhood, I live in the in Polensics Ward. We have a great police department that's very responsive. We just got an, uh, um, a new... Um, acting commander, I believe, uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. But anyway, we we support our police officers in our neighborhood. The police are our friends, and there's always going to 
beast a bad apple. There's bad preachers, teachers, politicians, everything. We know this. I have had a couple of incidents with police officers, but they didn't sour me against them. I support them. But this, these Black Lives Matter people, this is how most of them think. And for, if, the, if the people who are in the organization or who supposedly support the organization don't rise up and with one voice say this is unacceptable, then they are part and part part and parcel of what that person wrote. They believe it. But then you're not going to hear an outcry from any of the Black Lives Matter people or supporters. These people who have these signs on out where you live. Remember all last summer they had those Black Lives Matter right, signs true. on Right, Every lawn. other house. And right after the election, they all disappeared, didn't they? Practically every one of them, two weeks after the election, they disappeared. I used to walk up. Well, let me, let, Lawrence, let me ask you this. Go what ahead, can I'm Joe sorry. Biden do? He's coming. Joe Biden, President Biden, is coming first to New York and I assume other big cities to see what he can do about this gun violence escalation and all these, uh, you know, minority folks getting murdered uh, by gang bangers and so forth. What do you think President Biden can do? What would you advise him, Lawrence? Well, one thing that, that, that is needed, I'm going to say as a black man, because that's, I've been this all my life. I'm going to be this till I die. I'm happy with it. No, no, no complaints. Wouldn't want to be anything else, just like I'm sure you wouldn't want to be Harald or you want to, uh, I think you're Jewish. You wouldn't want to be Jewish or Puerto Rican. Or, are you from Puerto Rico? I'm, I just want to make it. A all of the above. All of the above. Okay. So <laughs> just like all those things are what you are. I don't think you want to be anything different than that. But we have I problems in, the, in most of this violence that's taking place in these urban areas is black right. on black violence. Our communities right. are being destroyed by young, predominantly young black men who the only way they can deal with something is gun by. I have bullets in my house from a drive by. Wait, Lawrence, so hold on. Off. I want to keep you on the line. Hold, hold okay. on, Lawrence. I want to keep okay. you on the line because we okay. have a, a Black Lives Matter a uh, spokesperson or a member Great. on another Fantastic. line. It's, it's Mike. Okay. Mike, it's Lawrence and Geraldo. What's on your mind, buddy? Hi, this, this is Mike from North, North Round. I'm not from the Black, Black Lives Matter, but I want to tell you 99.9% of the people are good people. And they put the legend law in these communities where blacks are killing blacks and they're getting away with it. We can clean it up in a half hour. Donald Trump said we can clean up your neighborhood in a half hour if you implement the legends law. Because 99.9% of the people in Glenville, Huff, Collinwood, Collinwood, Collinwood. are good people, man, and shakers. That's right. You got this little percentage of people that, that and they, it got to be about money or something because I lived in Cleveland 65 years. I cut meat in the city of Cleveland for 50 years. I know the community, I know who comes and who goes. It's a minute possibility of people that's doing it. Bring the legend law in. Rivaldo, you got to get on your network and implement the legend law. And I guarantee you, within 15 minutes, it will be cleaned up. I like like Mike. Okay, hold on, Mike. I like what Mike is saying. Let's use some of these federal resources. We have at least 12 major U.S. cities that in 2021 broke the annual record for homicides. And, you know, the overwhelming number of the victims are black. In Philadelphia, for instance, which went uh, on a record, 559 murders in Philadelphia, 404 black men. Can black I say men. something, Geraldo? Go One ahead, thing Lawrence. I'm going I'm to say that I can guarantee you almost every one of them have in common is they don't have a father in the home. And the lack mm-hmm. of a strong, loving father 
would in in our homes and our communities has caused so much of this these pathologies that are taking place in our neighborhood. We don't want to talk about it. The Black Lives Matter people don't want to don't don't believe it. They think the new that our a two parent family of a mother and a father and their children in obedience and to the to the parents is is outdated and wrong. Everybody. Uh, on the left, it seems. I'm not. I can't say everybody, but most of the people on the left, they don't. They think it's racist to even to bring this up. However, if you look at the people who are successful, predominantly successful outside of uh, entertainment, every one of them right. was a product, for the most part, of a of a two parent family. And I, most I of them am do not a have big believer. So this I, is an issue that we have got to talk about. Our churches. I'm a Christian. Our churches. Are, are derelict and not they're not de- dealing with this issue because the church in the black community has traditionally been a very strong thing. It's not not anymore, but it used to be. And it there are churches on almost every corner in a black neighborhood, but storefronts, buildings that have been turned into churches, and traditional buildings. The churches have need to need to step up. These pastors step up to the plate and start Thank dealing a great with this idea. issue. Great idea, Jason okay. Bibb. I want you to and, listen to Lawrence. Listen. And, Listen, and, this and is government. important stuff. Okay, and thank you very much to Mike and, and to Lawrence. Thank, I appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, you know, Co- Columbus, uh, Ohio, also highest uh, homicide uh, in the history. Indianapolis, Louisville, Chicago with 836 murders in Chicago. Chicago is half the size uh, of New York, and it has twice as many homicides. Chicago had 836 New York, 485. L.A. had 397 murders. Uh, you know, uh, Cleveland, what was our final total? Uh, about 175? Yeah, I think it was, was 168, it 170, somewhere in there. Yeah, but I think it, it, we had some more of the at the very end of the year also. So it was a horrible, uh, horrible, bloody year for black men in America. And the thing that really irks me is that black okay. politicians had okay. their mouths shut. And, and Lawrence is right, though. Uh, you know, where, you know, we can we can try to legislate this out. We could try to put law enforcement out there. We can try to do a lot of these things that alleviate the top problem. But you got to look at the home. You got to look at the community. You got to look at the support structure. That's the that's the real reason why all this stuff is happening. Uh, what's what's bothering me also, ladies and gentlemen, aside from the fact that 84 cops were shot uh, and killed last year, uh, they were either shot and killed or they were intentionally run over uh, by uh, by uh, that they were following. Uh, what, what really irks me is the relationship between the community and cops. We really got to embrace the cops the way they used to be embraced in the old day. Officer Crumpke, cop, uh, same cop, same block, every, every time in Cleveland, New York, wherever you are, the cop is known to the community. People can rely on the cop. They can confide in the cop. They can talk to the cop. If they have a complaint, for instance, on this LaShawn McNeil, the guy that killed these two cops in New York, uh, you know, may, maybe when they were going in there, if they were neighbors, said, careful, that guy's crazy in there. Uh, you know, they wouldn't have walked into a, a, a Glock 45 with an extended magazine where the guy kept firing at the cops after he shot them and they fell. I mean, it's just like crazy, crazy stuff. So here they're reinstituting the plainclothes anti-gun units. Uh, where uh, the cops uh, blend into the community. Often they're black uh, or Latino men themselves, uh, men or women, and they blend in and then they see crimes committed, uh, you know, eyewitness it. And it was very, very effective. It was disbanded after the George Floyd riots because people said that they were, you know, it's the Gestapo, it's the secret police, it's this, that, and the other thing. Baloney, bull. What we have to 
is stop bad people from wrecking the life of good people. You know, you got to provide uh, for the children to get to the, to the school bus and then to get to school. They got to provide for what these teenagers do after school. We got to, you know, you have an 18-year-old teenager. My pal Stephanie always tells us, when you have an 18-year-old teenager, he should have some kind of structure. You should have uh, like a police academy that by the time when they, uh, they're 21, they could become full-fledged cops, maybe with an accelerated salary or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's, we've got to take over, uh, take back our cities from roving gangs that are killing people, including all the, you hear all the children getting killed in the crossfire, the eight-year-old hitting the head, the baby in the carriage. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats have to do something about this. Well, I know you've been out of the area, too. We had a 18 uh, year old just get uh, uh, arrested for a drive by on a 13 year old uh, shot and killed the 13 year old. And the 18 uh, year old was actually a pretty good running back from Benedictine. He was somebody that uh, looking at it, had a future, had a way to get out, had a way to kind of move on. But nope, he's not doing that anymore. Is, is the did he kill the kid? Yeah, kid's dead. Oh, geez. yep. Just played in his front yard. I, I, I mean, we, and uh, and does does Black Lives Matter in Cleveland raise any alarm about that? Do you do you will you pay for the kid's funeral? Will you show up? Will you tell people that this isn't the way forward for Cleveland? No, is the answer. You won't. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're just a you're just a yard sign to me, just a yard sign, and then your leaders buying houses in Malibu and so forth. Uh, you know, it's such crap. Really, it's intolerable. All right, we have a special guest coming up. We will be speaking momentarily with the preeminent constitutional expert in this country, uh, Harvard professor emeritus author of more than 50 books, uh, Alan Dershowitz, will be joining us. Uh, before we get there, though, Howard uh, is on the line for our previous discussion on black-on-black uh, -black crime, urban crime, uh, public safety, uh, cops getting killed, and so forth. Uh, hi, Howard. Thanks for calling 216 What's on your mind, buddy? Hey, hello. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment, and it's true about the fathers not being in the homes, and uh, I think uh, it should be more community centers to uh, 
recognize some of these youth that's having trouble. And I think that's a good thing, idea. That's a good idea. Thing, they came out of style. I think that's a good idea. We should get them back. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm seven that years was my old. Day. And when I was coming up, it used to be a lot of them throughout yeah, the Yeah, my too. Community. Me too. And another thing about the Black Lives Matter and all this protesting, every time a policeman shoots somebody black, they should do the same thing, protest, march, and have all of that rallying around when the black gets killed by another black or by anybody. I agree. I agree. Energy that they put when a cop shoots someone anytime is a killing. Anytime a youth is killed or shot, they should be the same way they are when the policeman shoots someone. I like that. I like the way much. Howard is thinking. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. That I, I think very thoughtful and Sometimes uh, the old way is the best way. All right, now the aforementioned, the, uh, well, first of all, let me set it up. Uh, Justice Breyer is uh, Stephen Breyer, now 83 years old. He's a member of the Supreme Court's liberal wing, appointed by Bill Clinton in 1994. He is set to retire, which will allow uh, President Joe Biden to replace him. The danger was like Ruth Bader Ginsburg if he stayed too long and died in office, maybe in a Republican administration, the liberals would lose uh, even the three meager seats they hold now. It's a 6-3 conservative majority in the high court with tremendous implications for Roe v. Wade, uh, the abortion uh, ruling and, and other seminal rulings. Uh, but let's talk to Professor Dershowitz and see if, uh, if indeed uh, there will be uh, – uh, you know, a liberal replacement. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing great. You know, I've known uh, Stephen Breyer for almost 60 years. We clerked for the same justice on the Supreme Court. Uh, we served on the faculty together. I pushed Bill Clinton very hard to nominate him to the Supreme Court, and he celebrated his nomination the night he was nominated by coming to our home <clears throat> for champagne. So I've been close to Stephen for a long, long time. And I wish him well. He's been a great, great uh, justice. He's been a liberal centrist pragmatist um, on issues, for example, of crime. He's been conservative on issues of administrative law, quite liberal. So, you know, he's one of these people who is not, you know, politicized. I mean, he comes from a political background. He was Ted Kennedy's uh, chief legislative assistant and chief counsel to the Judiciary Committee. So I knew he was going to retire in time to be replaced by a Democrat. As he said uh, openly, uh, he didn't want somebody to serve in his place who would undo everything he's done over the last 20-something years. So, of course, he has an interest. Uh, and I knew he wouldn't do what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. And so he's going to live the next, hopefully, lots of years happily with his family, perhaps back in Cambridge, teaching at Harvard. Um, and I wish him well. Do you think that uh, reflecting on Ruth Bader, the beloved Ruth Bader Ginsburg, dying in office and giving uh, President Trump the opportunity to put uh, Amy Coney Bryan uh, Barrett in there, uh, RBG didn't want that to happen, and yet, what what kept her so long on the court and uh, with such profound implications? I think the radicals on the left who kept pushing her to retire the same way the radicals on the left were saying, retire Breyer. You know, these are the, the, the it, it backfires. Justices don't want to be perceived as being pushed around. And Breyer didn't resign because of these uh, pressures. He, he, he resigned despite them. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't want to be pressured. She didn't want to be pushed. And these radicals on the left just 
don't understand that what they do sometimes uh, backfires. And I think they did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and with Steve Breyer. He just ignored it and decided to re- retire at his own pace um, at 83. He's a, he's a month older than I am, and he's uh, in great, great shape as far as I know, and I hope he'll continue to do great things. So de- describe uh, to the audience right now what happened when it went from 5-4 to 6-3. Uh, start with Roe v. Wade. Are we going to see Ohio where they have the fetal heartbeat law? Uh, are we going to see, you know, medical changes in, the, in reproductive yes. rights and, uh, you know, uh, choice and pro-life and so forth? We will. Um, we will see the Supreme Court uphold the Mississippi statute, which pushes it back from 23 weeks to about 15 weeks. But I don't think, and I'm not going to make a prediction because I don't know the inner workings of the minds of Kavanaugh and, and others, uh, I think there will be a 5-4 to four decision not reversing Roe versus Wade outright. I think the Chief Justice will manage to get one other justice, whether it be Kavanaugh or Barrett, to come along with him and say, look, we probably wouldn't have voted for Roe versus Wade back in 1973, but it's been on the books now for 49 years. Let's not change it. Let's move gradually, 23 weeks to 15 weeks. That seems okay. But uh, an outright overruling of Roe would not be a good idea. It would also be a very bad thing for the Republican Party. I'm a Democrat. But for the Republican Party, it would mean that abortion becomes a primary political issue. It's no longer reserved for the Supreme Court. And the vast majority of Americans support uh, abortion rights. And therefore, I think Republicans will lose uh, electorally if they have to run uh, on an issue of uh, opposing all abortions. So uh, what do you think of the, the, uh, the desire of Joe Biden was announced during the campaign, along with James Clyburn, the South Carolina congressman who really put Biden into the uh, into the mix for to be the president, uh, that it would be a black woman. Are you okay with uh, you know saying I'm only okay black women will be considered? I'm not okay with that. I think it's unconstitutional. I think it's un-American. I think it's wrong. Imagine if a president announced, look, there's never been a Muslim on the Supreme Court. I'm appointing a Muslim. That would be directly in violation of the Constitution, uh, which says no religious test shall ever be required. The spirit of the Constitution, and maybe even the 14th Amendment, I think prohibits racial tests and gender tests as well. What if a president were to have announced years ago, you know, I'm not going to appoint anybody except a white male to the Supreme Court? Of course that would be wrong. And there are plenty of highly qualified black women to be appointed. But the president shouldn't become part of identity politics and say, I'm excluding every qualified white male, every qualified person who is not a black female. I'm excluding from consideration. He's wrong to do that. And Chuck Schumer was wrong to announce yesterday We're going to confirm whoever the president nominates. That's not their job. Their job is to consider every nominee on the merits and decide to advise and consent or refuse to advise and consent. But to announce in advance that any presidential nominee will be confirmed, that's politics. That's not the Constitution. Uh, There's a situation where the high court right now is considering affirmative action from Harvard and affirmative action from the University of North Carolina. It is ironic that the court will be pondering the constitutionality of affirmative action at the same time, as you suggest, they are taking affirmative action in terms of putting the uh, black woman on the high court. 
and I think uh, they're going to take that into consideration. I, I don't think that uh, public and private universities that get funding should focus on race alone. I think they should focus on poverty, on overcoming challenges, on disabilities. Uh, as Justice Douglas, who is one of the greatest liberals in history, said back in the Defunis case, why should a rich hedge fund black man who went to Exeter and, and Groton, his father and mother are both extremely affluent, get an advantage over a poor kid from Appalachia? or somebody whose parents come from Asia uh, and who's a first-generation American. That just isn't right. Race alone should never be a factor for anything. But sometimes it's a surrogate for other things, like access to medical care, health, and those things can be considered. But race alone should not be considered. And if the Supreme Court were to end the use of race, the only people who would be disadvantaged would be very wealthy and powerful black people. They would no longer get an advantage. And the advantage would go instead to poor black people or poor white people. And that's much better constitutionally. So I, I think that you're absolutely right on the law and the Constitution. And yet I also think that uh, uh, the pundits are right when they suggest it will be a black woman, uh, aren't you? Oh, aren't you uh, resigned? And there's plenty of I'm very not resigned. Qualified. I think it's a great thing. I think it's great. If the president had appointed a black woman, I would applaud it, particularly if she was a very highly qualified black woman. That's not my objection. My objection is to announcing a quota, announcing an exclusion. Remember, the Supreme Court had exclusions for years. For the first 125 years, no Jews were allowed on the Supreme Court. Very, very right. few Catholics were allowed on the Supreme Court. No women, no African-Americans. Those were exclusions. They were unconstitutional. And I don't think that good exclusions are constitutionally more satisfying than bad exclusions. So what do you think about uh, this phenomenon where, uh, because of the George Floyd situation, I think, you had uh, sweeping into office all these liberal DAs. Uh, we had a very liberal mayor swept in in uh, Cleveland, but uh, yeah. in New here in Manhattan, where I am right now, Alvin Bragg came yeah. in, said uh, yeah. gun crimes, unless they actually use the gun, they're not going to give them a felony charge, you know, did some dumb yeah. things that, uh, you know, wh wh why the disconnect between these liberal DAs and the reality in the street? First of all, they're not liberals, they're radicals. Take, for example, uh, Chesha Aboudin. I've known him since he's, you know, two years old. Both of his parents uh, were in prison for life for <clears throat> uh, participating in killing policemen. Uh, he's named after <clears throat> Chesimard, a woman who you remember. Uh, sure, Joanne. People, yep. Right, and then <clears throat> escaped to Cuba. So he's not a liberal. He, he's, I'm a liberal. You're a liberal. He's not a liberal. Right. He's a radical. And um, I think, you know, the, <clears throat> the DA of Manhattan, I don't know. We have to see. But I do think that, <clears throat> you know, DA should enforce the law. And if a DA says, I'm not going to enforce certain laws passed by the legislature, the governor has a right to replace him and say, look, DAs don't have the right to abrogate the law. If, 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 if the legislature passed the statute saying that people who jump turnstiles should be arrested, and I don't think it's a particularly good idea, but if the legislature does that, you, you don't have the power to say we're not going to enforce that law. You have to enforce the laws. You can, you can advocate changes of the law, but you can't refuse to enforce the law. And I do think that 
these lefty DAs are going to run into problems electorally when they come I up think they, the election. Well, they haven't run into the electoral problems yet. They're just running into the problems of a community that absolutely has disdain for them. Uh, so tell us yeah. about your great podcast. Everyone's buzzing about it. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, I'm so happy <clears throat> you asked about that. Uh, I was off for a while because we couldn't get the technology running. But now Rumble is taking it over. And we're going to do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And it's going to be very provocative. You know, I'm going to talk about all the issues I talk about with you, both on your radio show and when we get together on the porch of the Chilmark store in the summer. Right. So right. it will be, you know, kind of chummy and chatty, but very opinionated. And people who want to hear my opinions rumble at 5 o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I think you'll enjoy it and you'll have a chance to call in and debate me and argue with me. So. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, it will be terrific. Will we be welcome back to the Chill Mart store in Martha's Vineyard? That's another question. <laughs> well, I'll be uh, not welcome back, but you'll be welcome back. But you know, I think my first guest on my um, on my podcast should be Larry David. Uh, but uh, you know, he won't talk to me. He screamed at me on the Chill Mart porch. How dare I, um, in any way, uh, be uh, 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 put my arm around Mike Pompeo? He, he, they, he just couldn't handle it. Yeah. That's too bad. Well, I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, I'm doing you're great. I hope well. your family and I hope Carolyn well uh, and, is yeah, good. Yeah. You, you give her our love, our regards. Erica sends her love to you. Love to Erica. Love to your beautiful, wonderful, and brilliant daughter. So, uh, Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Professor. All right. Well. Professor Thank Alan you. Dershowitz, sure. one of the great legal minds of our time of any time. And it's always great to have him on board. And when he speaks, and, unless you have a, you know, some secret reason, I mean, he's generally speaking, he's right, and he's he's very courageous. He picks a side based on the Constitution and the law, not his preference. So thanks very much. I'll be back in Cleveland tomorrow. I appreciate your uh, tuning in. I really want to thank uh, our callers today. Really, uh, Howard. Uh, uh, Mike and Lawrence uh, added a dimension that was very, uh, very needed. Uh, uh, black men calling from the community to voice their displeasure with the uh, uh, with the activism of various politicians who are ignoring the plight of the average citizen uh, in the inner city. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.